You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the latest with regards to the fitness of both Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Thomas Partey. We'll be talking about perhaps alternative midfield options uh, in in what's likely to be an absence when it comes to Thomas Partey and potentially what we might do up top if indeed Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is ruled out of the fixture. Not ideal news going into what is a big, big game for Arsenal at the weekend, a game that we all knew and all know is going to be a difficult one regardless. But it just feels like every time we get to one of these fixtures, our luck just completely deserts us and we just end up in this situation where... Not only do we have a mountain to climb, which most teams face when they go to Anfield, but we now have to do it handicapped with an arm tied behind our back. And that's really, really frustrating if indeed this news is true. Now, bear in mind, if you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday or on Wednesday morning, then of course, uh, we're still yet to hear from Mikel Arteta and we don't expect to hear from the Arsenal boss until later on in the week. We are expecting him to face the media on Thursday. So hopefully, at least then, we will get some further clarification around what exactly the situation is with regards to these two players. But on this show, we're going to be discussing the potential absences of those two players. We're going to be uh, touching on some comments from the Sassuolo director, Giovanni Carnevali, with regards to Arsenal's attempt in the summer to sign Manuel Locatelli. We'll be talking about Seja Kalasinac, who has suffered a bad injury. It looks a bad injury. It really, really does. Um, and we'll be talking a little bit about some of the problems that Liverpool are expected to face going into the fixture. We'll also take some of your thoughts, some of your comments, some of your questions from the live chat box and uh, look forward to another very fun and interactive show. Let's say a few hellos first of all. A uh, big hello to Steve, to Sanyam. Uh, Sanyam asks, uh, is there no big six review on 90 min? No, there there wasn't this week, Sanyam. Uh, a few of the lads were away, so we decided uh, to take a bit of a, a breather. Um, always good to do that when you get a chance because this, look, I know some people will say this isn't work sitting here talking about football, but it can get quite intense and it's nice to have a bit of a break sometimes. So we decided against it uh, just because a few of the guys were away anyway and it was going to have to be a case of us trying to find uh, different people, um, which makes it not the same show. So yeah, uh, decided to to give it a rest, but we are back on Thursday, live usual time, I say around 11am because we're always a few minutes late, uh, but we'll be back for that and we'll be looking ahead to the weekend's uh, games, which means I'll be touching on the game with Grizz. Uh, so we'll be uh, clashing heads on that one. Uh, big hello to Trini, big hello to Sko, uh, to Anurag, hope you're well, to Gentau. Um, to Steve, to Mint and all of you in the live chat box at the moment. And of course, those of you who will be watching this back later. 
wondering where else you can find the show, by the way, you can also find it on Twitch. Uh, we're now back streaming on Twitch. All you need to do is search Chronicles AFC. I know a lot of you prefer to watch your streams that way. So if you wish to do that, uh, you can do so by searching for Chronicles AFC on Twitch. Right, let's get into it then. So let's update you on exactly what is happening with these two key Arsenal players. We talked about Thomas Partey earlier on. We talked about um, the fact that he is a doubt and uh, we've still uh, not heard a great deal about this, to be honest. The only update that we have is uh, is Charles Watts's video earlier on today where he talked about the fact that uh, he had stayed behind, that Thomas Partey didn't go to uh, Africa to play with Ghana. There was an expectation or a hope on their part that he would be available to take part in the second game of this international break for Ghana. But unfortunately for them, fortunately for us, maybe depending on which way you look at it, Thomas Partey uh, didn't go, didn't travel and has stayed behind in London while he receives treatment on the injury. So hopefully that increases the chances of him um, of him uh, being available for selection this coming Saturday. So not really much has changed with regards to Partey, but the Aubameyang situation is a very, very interesting one. And it's one I want to get into. Uh, so we read reports earlier today that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang had returned to London. Now, he'd returned to London and would, as a result, would not take part in Gabon's World Cup qualifier against Egypt. But there are conflicting reports coming out of Africa this afternoon. There are some reports suggesting that it's due to an injury, that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has picked up some kind of knock and therefore was unavailable for selection and so travelled back to London early. However, there is another report that says actually this was pre-planned and there was an agreement in place between the Gabonese Football Association and Arsenal around when Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang would return. Now, I don't know which one to believe. I'd like to think that it is that there was some sort of agreement uh, in place. But how often do clubs and, and international football associations agree that the player is going to miss a game and be sent back early. I find that a little bit hard to get my head around. So I am leaning towards the idea of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang picking up or having picked up a slight injury. And that's why he is uh, going to be, or he is unavailable for Gabon in their game against Egypt and why he's uh, been sent back to London. So yeah, I, I I get that there are different reports on this and I get that there will be some people out there who will want to believe uh, perhaps that there is um, there is another reason as to why he's returned. But it feels like injury is probably the most likely reason to me. And again, I stress the point. I reiterate the point. We're not going to hear from Mikel Arteta until Thursday. So we're going to have to wait until then to probably get actual clarification around about exactly what has occurred here and what has happened. But that's where we are. So um, Aubameyang returned back to London, not clear if it's an injury, not clear if this was some kind of agreement between Arsenal and the Gabonese FA in order to get him back at London Colney as quick as possible. An Arsenal player who is definitely injured, though, and is probably going to be out for a little while now, is Sayad Kalasinac. He took one hell of a challenge uh, for playing for Bosnia against Finland the other night. The challenge resulted in a red card, and it looked as though uh, Sayad Kalasinac's ankle had gone. Now, 
Again, no details yet. And this is the problem with international breaks, right? We don't always hear straight away what exactly has occurred. Who do you hear it from? Are we going to hear it from the club? Are we going to hear it uh, from from Bosnia? I, I don't know. But what we do know is that Ser Kalasinac looks as though he's in a bad way. Now, he's been pictured wearing a cast since and watching his teammates train. He hasn't returned back to London, but obviously there is some concern over his fitness. Now, Am I going to lose sleep over this one? No, because obviously Sayer Kalasinac is not a part of the starting 11 and the emergence of Nuno Tavares lately. He's not even part of the second 11, if you want to put it that way. But what I maybe hoped was that Sayer Kalasinac would be able to get a move away in January, which would help us in terms of reducing that wage bill, but also help him in terms of getting an opportunity to showcase himself before he's out of contract in the summer. So it felt like Everything was kind of set up for Sayer Kalasinac to go out in January, get some game time, get some minutes under his belt and potentially secure a move that will help him in the future. Because contrary to the, the opinion of a lot of Arsenal fans out there, I don't have any ill feeling towards Sayer Kalasinac. I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he has been good enough for quite some time, but I don't have any ill feeling towards him. And I don't think that uh, or, you know, I don't wish him to be injured or anything like that. It would have been nice if he could have moved in January, as I say. But this injury could potentially scupper that. And that's a real shame. And that's going to probably be a real problem from, for Sayer Kalasinac. So, again, just like Aubameyang, we've got no real clarity over the situation. We've got no real understanding of what exactly uh, the damage is. Um and we're going to have to wait and see. But I guess this is going to be a really eagerly anticipated press conference, isn't it? That Mikel Arteta is going to give come Thursday because Partey and Aubameyang is a big deal. You know, we're sweating on the fitness of those two guys. We'd love to have them both available for what's going to be a very, very difficult game. I think what's interesting about Aubameyang in particular is that he's really won back uh, the love of the fans in recent months. You know, he obviously went for a difficult period last season, didn't play very well, scored significantly less goals than he normally does. There were people questioning his attitude, people questioning whether or not he wanted to be at the club. It came to light a little bit later on that there are a number of issues that may have impacted on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's performance, but he's been incredibly... Um, impressive. I think recently he's worked very, very hard. He's set the tone for the team, really led the press by example, and he's scoring goals again, which is what you want from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So I think that is the one for me that, you know, is, is obviously going to be potentially a big blow. Thomas Partey as well, though, is huge in the midfield. And I think even more so with Granit Xhaka currently injured, we're, we're sitting here and we're looking at potentially going to Anfield now with Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Albert Sambi Lekonga in the middle of the park. And listen, they're both fantastic young and upcoming players, but it's Anfield and it's Liverpool and it's a side that many people are making um, one of the favourites to be crowned Premier League champions come the end of the season. And you do feel like, as I keep saying, our chances of taking three points or even a point uh, from Anfield are significantly lower without Partey and Aubameyang in the team. And that's why uh, we're sweating on this a little bit. Now, Liverpool have injury problems of their own. Um, there's a few players who have been, uh, you know, set or who have picked up, um, who have picked up some injuries and some knocks in, in recent 
days on international duty. We know that Andrew Robertson picked up a knock playing for Scotland. We think that might be a hamstring problem, in which case he could be missing. Sadio Mane's a doubt. Roberto Firmino's a doubt as well. So Liverpool could have um, some first-team players unavailable as well, which should make me feel a little bit better, but it doesn't because I, I still feel like we need... Uh, we need to be at our best and we need to have our big guns firing and available. And and so it would be really frustrating, wouldn't it, to go into a game of this magnitude, a game where people are looking at Arsenal to make a bit of a statement. And I'm not saying that Arsenal need to go there and win or that Arsenal need to go there and completely play Liverpool off the park. But if Arsenal could go to Anfield and be competitive, it would kind of show that this run that we're on, which is obviously very positive and, uh, you know, the the points that we've picked up in recent weeks, um, you know, it, it would, for me, just show that that is not a fluke. That is not just luck. We're not just on this good run of, of fortune at the moment. It would be that Arsenal have proven themselves to be far more defensively stubborn, far more competitive. And I think there's no better test probably in the Premier League, maybe barring going away to Manchester City, then going to Anfield, a game where you have to try and survive. Uh, especially in the early stages. We know Liverpool are fast starters. We know exactly what they're all about. So, yeah, um, it's it's frustrating that we, we've even got these fitness issues, but let's, let's keep our fingers crossed and hopefully both players will be available and we don't have to worry about it. Um, Let's see what some of you are saying in the in the comments about it. Ekene says, you'll be shocked, but Oba being out will be a good thing for the team. I don't know that it would be, mate. I really don't know that. You know, I know a lot of people um, have been, as I say, frustrated by certain things, uh, certain. I think I just lost you guys temporarily there. No idea why, but we're back. Uh, yeah. So I think a lot of people uh, will be surprised by. uh by how well Aubameyang's played lately, because a lot of us at various points last season thought his Arsenal career was done and dusted. We've switched to this new system, this new formation, and he's a big part of that, right? I mean, he has been performing in it. He's pressed really well with Lacazette alongside him, and they've sat back together as a, a kind of pair in front of the midfield at times when we've been without possession. And I think they've done a really, really good job of it. I just think that him being out will maybe tempt Mikel Arteta into changing the system again. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And the reason I say that is, as I said yesterday, I think playing with the 4-4-2 or 4-4-1-1, whatever you want to call it, um, it, it's something that has come about and come to fruition because Mikel Arteta feels he needs both of those two players specifically in the team. I don't think he feels like he, like he needs two strikers. I think he feels like he specifically needs Aubameyang and Lacazette in the team. Aubameyang for his goals, Lacazette for his hold-up plays, link-up plays, work rate, his ability to press. So what the point I'm trying to make is if it's Nketiah and Lacazette up front, for argument's sake, that is... I don't think that's as appealing to Mikel Arteta because I don't think it's a system thing. I think it's a personnel thing. I think it's about getting players, getting those two players specifically in Aubameyang and Lacazette into the side. 
and and that's what takes precedent over the formation, over the system. Would Eddie Nketiah and Lacazette as a front pairing take precedent over being a little bit more solid in midfield away at Anfield? I don't think it would. And that's my um that's my thing here. I think if he's unavailable, you're probably going to see a slight change in shape. And I don't know if that's the right move, given sort of the way things have gone recently. Let's see what else we've got. Um, Sko says, Oba's finishing wasn't good the other day, but don't underestimate the importance of a coherent press. Uh, he has played well in that regard. Completely agree. Terence Tibbs disagrees. He says, Oba's a lost cause. Um, Kai Koye says over being doubt honestly doesn't worry me. He's been poor this season. So it's mixed opinion on whether Aubameyang being missing or being unavailable this weekend is going to help or hinder Arsenal. I think it's going to hinder us, but clearly uh, I'm, you know, there are people of a, a different school of thought and that's absolutely fine. I just loved, I'd love to hear a bit more reasoning other than he's just not been good this season because I don't think he's been bad. And I think he's brought certain things to the game that others haven't. Uh, Steve says Oba has been pressing really well the last few games. He's been working really hard. Completely agree on that. Um, and then Steve goes on to say he obviously had a bad day at the office against Watford. But who doesn't have bad days at the office? Um, you know, and and that's what and I'm not saying you specifically, Steve, but I think that's what people need to get their heads around because the expectation around Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang um, is obviously high all the time. And that's a consequence of the high standards that he's set in the past. But I do want to see um, people give him a little bit more praise and a little bit more credit and respect for the way he's performed in recent weeks, because I think he has done a really good job. And at times he's done uh, unselfish uh, job as well, which is not something I'd have said of him maybe in the past. So, yeah. Um, no, I think he deserves more praise and more credit than that. And I think he is going to be a miss for us. Fire some questions in the live chat and I'll take some of your questions uh, before we wrap up on uh, this stream. Uh, so get involved in the chat box. Let me know what it is that you want to know, what you want to ask, what you want to get an opinion on. Uh, and just while you do that, I just want to quickly bring you up to date with some uh, comments from the Sassuolo director, Giovanni Carnavali. Now, I bring this up because... We've talked a lot about the need for midfield uh, recruitment. We've talked a lot about how thin, how light we are in that particular position. And we do know that during the summer, Arsenal were very, very, um, or very interested in signing the Italian central midfielder, uh, Manuel Locatelli. He eventually went to Juve, uh, the team that he supported as a boy, his family supports. But what's interesting is that the Sassuolo director, Giovanni Carnavali, has confirmed that Arsenal did table a bid. Um, didn't go into detail about it. Some reports are claiming that they knew what the salary offer was and all of that jazz. Giovanni Carnavali himself, that's the Sassuolo director, he did not reveal that. So if you're reading that in a story, then they've either taken it from a previous story or they've taken it from um, somewhere else. But the man himself did not say that. He just said, that there was a bid and an offer from Arsenal, which suggested that interest was real. So in this instance, you know, and again, you know, when you think about the transfer windows, what do Arsenal fans tend to do? We hear that we link with certain players and then we go absolutely crazy when those deals don't come to fruition. He did reiterate on more than one occasion during this interview that 
Manuel Locatelli didn't want to go anywhere else, that his heart was set on Juve, and that's indeed where he ended up. But just confirmation that there was an interest and there was an offer. Um, I know it's something that a lot of us felt we knew, but now to hear it straight from the horse's mouth uh, just adds a little bit more context to that story. Um, right, let's get some of your questions from the live chat box. And before I do that, actually, be sure to smash the like button if you haven't done so already. It really, really does help the channel. So please do hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Please do subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you'd like to go one further by becoming a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description. Uh, that will be great. And uh, yeah, look forward to interacting with our members in the Discord server, which I need to catch up on because there's a fair few messages since I last looked in it. So I need to have a look at that uh, this evening, which I promise I will do. Right, let's uh, let's go over to the chat box. Matt G says, Harry, have you got any positive news to share with us? Anything? No, <laughs> is the honest answer. Not, not Arsenal-wise. Uh, positive news. What can I give you? Positive news. Oh, I had a beautiful uh, toasted sandwich for lunch, which I made myself. I was quite proud of. That's probably as positive as you're going to get out of me today. Because I, I've got to be honest, you know, when we get the international breaks, right, the, the kind of the initial feeling is, oh, for God's sake, we've got another international break. We've got no Arsenal for a couple of weeks. And then I actually quite enjoy having a few days off and a, a few days peace and a few days where work isn't as intense. And then I get to this point, the Tuesday on the weekend, on the week that the uh, Premier League is due to restart and I'm all like buzzing and excited and can't wait for the football to come back. But I feel like I can't get excited yet with two major, major fitness doubts hanging over us going into this game at Anfield because, look, I, I don't give Arsenal, you know, much chance of, of coming away with all three points. Uh, that's not to say I don't give us any chance. I think that Liverpool have been a little bit vulnerable at times this season. And I was commentating on their game against Brighton not so long ago. So, you know, if Brighton can go there and cause them problems and come away with something, why the hell can't we? Um, so, yeah, look, I, I think that that's obviously um, something that we should be aiming and looking and hoping to do. But to have to do that, with potentially Aubameyang and Partey missing just feels like one step too far. And it feels like it's kind of, if they are going to be missing, killed the buzz for the game before it's even come around. And that's why I'm probably sounding a little bit downbeat today. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, One Nation says, if West Ham could beat Liverpool, then Arsenal have a chance. Uh, Aaron Ward says, Harry, do you think Arsenal will look to bring in a new striker in January or wait till the summer? I think... It'll be in the summer. I think while Lacazette is still at the club, I don't think you'll see Arsenal move for a striker. I think they'll be looking to do something in in the summer. Um, once his future has been resolved, it looks as though he's going to leave. It doesn't look like he's he himself is interested in signing a new contract, which is fair play, fair enough. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's one that you can kind of kick down the road a little bit. I think for me in January, as I've said on multiple occasions in the last few days, it's about bringing in a midfielder. That would be my priority. It really would be. Um, Aaron is watching us on Facebook, by the way. If you do like to watch videos via Facebook, you can join us by going over to the Chronicles of Aguna page. We have a page that I don't really use, but I'm going to start putting the streams through it. Uh, so if you are a Facebook user, really support, uh, I really would appreciate the support 
if you would head over to the Facebook page and hit the like button. So please do that. Give it a follow. You, you know the drill by now. Also, we're on Twitch. I know I've mentioned it already, but for those of you that are joining us a little bit later on, if you search for Chronicles AFC on Twitch, you will find us and you can join our live streams there. Um, let's see what we've what else we've got. Just going to pick out a couple more. Luke Williams says, do you think Arsenal should go for Van der Beek in January? Nah, I, I don't see Man United selling him to us. We're probably going to end up being in direct competition with United. So be very, very surprised if there was a deal to be done there. And look, Donny van der Beek is a, is a very good footballer and a very good player. I just, I'm not sure he is. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure he's the solution. I'm not sure he's what we're looking for. But you know what? Actually, interesting. While we're on the subject of Donny van der Beek, if anybody can um, put this correct answer in the live chat, uh, then I'll give you a shout out. What's the the Arsenal connection for Donny van der Beek? Donny van der Beek has a connection to Arsenal. What is it? Let me know in the chat box. Let's see uh, who can get it. And I'll give the uh, fastest finger first a shout out on that one. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, Abdallah off topic, but it's one we'll, we'll touch on. Harry, who do you prefer out of Ronaldo, the real Ronaldo, R9 or Ronaldinho? Oh, Ronaldo, any day of the week. Um, he was a god to me when I was growing up. So for me, him. Uh, Matt has found some positive news, and that's that Aaron Ramsdale get the clean sheet yesterday. Good stuff. Uh, interesting question. This from Eli. Hi, Harry. Who's on penalty duty at Anfield? Well, if he's in the team, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, give it to Maitland-Niles. He's as cool as a cucumber, isn't he, from the penalty spot? Um, no, I'm joking. If, if Lacazette's in the team, I think we should, you've got to give it to Lacazette. Um, I think that's the, um, that's the, the only solution, uh, for me. Uh, Ashish says, where are you in the Messi versus Ronaldo debate? Um, I, think they're both phenomenal and they're both two of the greatest players ever but I am a messy man uh always have been I just stylistically he's uh, I just like him more um Terence Tibbs trying to catch me out I've watched the Simpson plenty of times mate uh, <laughs> uh let's see what else we've got there we go Abdallah's got it uh he's dating Dennis Burkamp's daughter that's right Donny van der Beek is uh dating Dennis Burkamp's daughter how did Dennis Burkamp allow his daughter to date a Man United player? I don't know, but we'll uh, we'll forgive him because he's Dennis Burkamp. <laughs> uh, right, let's see um, what else we've got in the chat box. Uh, I'm going to take one more question, I think, before we wrap it up. Let's see. Let's see what we're going to go for. Um, Yo-Yo says, who are you most fearful of not returning fit from international duty? I think it's got to be Partey, hasn't it? I mean, I know that I've talked about Aubameyang's impact and talked about how important uh, he is and, you know, the fact that we we could probably do with him come the weekend. I think Thomas Partey, I think our midfield is is always an area that I'm fearful of. So it's... Um, it's yeah, it's for me, it's Thomas Partey. And the other thing with Thomas Partey is that even if he was past fit to start, I would still feel a little bit uneasy and a little bit uncomfortable. And you probably ask him why. Well, the answer is simple, because we have done this before. 
with Thomas Partey. We've brought him back from injury too quickly before. We've seen him uh, rushed back. And as a consequence, we've lost him for longer periods of time. So with Thomas Partey, I'm not just fearful about him missing Saturday. I'm fearful about what that means moving forward and, and where that takes us, you know, because he is such an important part of this midfield. And I know I keep saying it, but in the absence of Granit Xhaka, our only other really senior central midfield player of any quality. And I know that's up for debate in some people's eyes, but it just feels like we are so hugely reliant on Thomas Partey right now. And look, we got away with it against Watford. You know, we we got away with a, a midfield of Maitland-Niles and the Conga. They both did pretty well, to be fair to them, especially Maitland-Niles on that day. But this is Anfield away. And if those two were to were to play and, and give a really good account of themselves, then I'd be hugely impressed. But it just feels like a big worry uh, for me going into this one. But as I say, look, it sounds all doom and gloom. It sounds like I'm, uh, you know, a little bit frustrated, disappointed, depressed about it, whatever you want to say. But ultimately, um, ultimately, we're not going to know a great deal until we hear from Mikel Arteta on Thursday. At this moment in time, we're a little bit unclear as to what's going on with both Aubameyang, with Partey. We know that Partey stayed back uh, and didn't travel. We know Aubameyang has since returned uh, from Africa. So, look, don't get too upset about it. Don't get too bogged down about it. Hold hold tight because we will get an update, I'm sure, very, very soon. Uh, but, of course, just the thought of being without two of what I believe to be a really good spine of senior players who have stepped up in recent months to have two of those players missing is undoubtedly a blow whichever way you look at it so um yeah we'll leave it at that right we are going to leave it there i'll be back uh with some more arsenal related content very very soon uh fingers crossed Aubameyang and Partey come through it fingers crossed their Kalasinac's injury is not too serious thank you for all your questions and brilliant interaction as always, make sure you hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. All the best. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.